Bon dimanche à tout le monde. Bonjour. Welcome everyone. We are so glad that you're here today. And uh, every week we ask a question. Uh, Est-ce que vous êtes prêts? Are you ready? Here's the question. Are you... Oh, here we go. You know it. Here we go. Are you ready to study God's Word today? Oh, come on. I, I don't... I, I don't know if you've noticed, but everybody seems just a little bit sleepy. Did we woke up frozen this morning? I, I know it was really, really cold, like really, really cold this morning. Uh, but let's try that one more time because uh, let's give it up for the Word of God. He gave it to us as a gift for us. Let's celebrate that today. Are you ready to study God's Word today? Okay. All right, now if you brought a Bible or if you want to look it up on your phone, we're going to spend our entire time today, a couple of other passages, but mainly in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And uh, have you ever seen one of these Russian nesting dolls? Uh, my, my father years ago went to Russia. And when he came back, he brought a doll uh, something like this. And if you've ever seen a nesting doll, then you know how this works, that you open up the big one, and then what happens is on the inside, there's another one that looks just like it. And then what happens if you open up this one? There's another one, just like it, inside. And then what happens if you open up that one? There's another one, and it keeps getting smaller. And smaller. There are like 20 in here. It's crazy that it just keeps going on and on. It's the gift that keeps on giving, right? Like you give one to somebody this Christmas and they can keep using this for the next 20 years. It's like, oh, open another layer. There you go. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Here, here's what's cool. The more you begin to unpack it, the more you will find. And the gift of Jesus is a lot like that. That when you accept Jesus into your life and you begin to unpack his blessings layer after layer, the more you begin to unpack this gift of Jesus, the more you will find in your life. And that is exactly what the angel is talking about here in Luke chapter 2. We're going to begin reading in verse 8. And I want to ask if you would join me all around the room. And even those of you online, maybe you could just, like, if nobody's listening, you could read out loud with us too. Uh, we're going to read from Luke 2, verse 8 through 14. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's read it out loud together. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth Peace to men on whom his favor rests. 
And so we're going to go back and look at this message because it has layer after layer, just like that nesting doll, of what Jesus brings to us as a gift. And, and, and I think the first thing you notice, if you go back to verse 10, let's look at the very first words that the angel says. Let's put verse 10 on the screen. But the angel said to them, do not what? Do not be afraid. You see, the fact is, if we were to be really honest, so much of our lives are driven by fear. So many of our decisions are driven by fear. We're afraid for our lives. We're afraid for our finances. We're afraid of what other people think of us. We're afraid for our health or for our family. In fact, many people are even afraid of God. But what you need to understand today is this. The reason Jesus came to this earth is not to scare you, but to save you. Have you ever thought about this? Why did Jesus come to earth as a baby? I mean, I don't know about you, but if it was me, if God really wanted to get everybody's attention, why didn't he come with power and thunder and lightning and, 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 and honor and majesty? And Why didn't he come and, and like, like, like shake the foundations of the earth and break forth from a cloud and, whoa, and all of a sudden you know, demand that everybody bow down and worship him? But he didn't do that, did he? How did Jesus come into this earth as a little baby. Nobody's afraid of a baby. Now, I'm afraid of diapers, but not a baby. And John chapter 1 verse 14 says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. God became flesh. See, if God wanted to save cows, I think he would have come as a cow. <laughs> if God wanted to save horses, he probably would have come as a horse. If, if God wanted to save birds, he probably would have come as a bird. But God's plan was to save humanity. And so he came as a baby. And just like this nesting doll, when you receive Jesus into your life and start unpacking his blessings, the more you will find. And so uh, that's exactly what the angel says in Luke chapter 2. Look at the three gifts for us to unwrap. Verse 10, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Why? Because I bring you what? I bring you good news of great joy. Everybody say joy. Joy. That will be for all the people. And so that's the first gift that we need to unbox. The gift of joy. So often people get the wrong picture of God. So often people think about God like he is this cosmic killjoy in the universe. Who's up in the sky wanting to make sure that nobody has any fun. Like Jesus is the same as the Grinch who stole Christmas. That he wants to come and steal all of your toys. In fact, I'm a father, and I, I have children, and I've thought about what, what would it be like? What would I do if one of my children came to me and said, Father, I know that I've messed up. Father, I know that I've made mistakes. I know that I've damaged our relationship. But, but I, I apologize. Will you forgive me? Can we have a good relationship together? What would I say as a father? 
Would I say something like this? Finally, at last, you have fallen into my evil plan. <laughs> now I'm going to make you sit in the corner all day and do math problems. Every meal is going to be broccoli and spinach. And I'm going to break all your toys and steal from your piggy bank. No, that's crazy. And yet that's how so many people think about God. That if you give your life to Jesus, that his plan will be to make you miserable. There was a, uh, a guy who went into a bank. And the bank teller asked him, uh, are you a pastor? And, and, uh, and he, he was kind of confused. He said, no, why do you ask? And she said, well, you, you just look like a pastor. Yeah, well, what does a pastor look like? He said, no. He said, I, I just have the flu. I'll get over it. And, or there was the church where the, the paramedics were called for an emergency, and, and they come in and th because there was a person who died during the church service, and the problem was they carried out four people before they found the one who was actually dead. Like, like we don't want to be that kind of church, right? We're a church that's alive, amen? The angel said, I came to bring you good news, not bad news, news of great joy. But here's the problem. We tend to think that the wrong things in this world will bring us joy. And so many people think, if I could just have enough money, then I would be happy. Then I wouldn't have to worry about anything. If I, if I could just finally get that job, if I could just finish my education, if I could just express myself sexually like the world says I should, if I could just get everybody to like me and have the right set of friends, but it is never enough because the problem is deep down at the very core of your being, there is nothing in this world that can bring you joy apart from the love of Jesus. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. And so the second gift that Jesus gives us is hope. Look at, look at what the angel said next in verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior, everybody say a Savior, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would send an engineer. If our greatest need was money, God would send an economist. If our greatest need was entertainment, God would bring an entertainer. But our greatest need is forgiveness. So Jesus sent us a Savior. And that is the source of our hope. What is hope? Here's what hope means. Hope is when I believe that my future is better than my past. When I believe that my future is better than my past, and where does that hope come from? Because we know that we have a Savior named Jesus. I've always thought it would be cool to be a lifeguard. You know, at the beach, any of you ever been a lifeguard before? I want to see where all the cool people are. There we go. There we go. We've got a couple here. I've always thought that would be like the coolest job, sitting on the beach up in that tall chair, you know, with sunglasses on, soaking up the rays, getting a tan. But I found that there is a fatal plan with my, uh, a flaw with my plan. The reason that I'd never be a good lifeguard is I don't get along well with the sun. Uh, see, there are white people, and then there are 
really white people. And, uh, and so for me, uh, when I get in the sun, uh, like I, oh, that's what happens when you undress during church. <laughs> I don't even know what just happened. <laughs> I'm falling apart here. Oh, okay. Keep your clothes on, Joel. Don't encourage me. I get in enough trouble on my own. And so the problem is when I get out in the sunshine, all of a sudden I start to burn like toast, just like that. And I've also noticed that at Parley Beach, like they don't get much business this time of year. Like I, I don't think you could make much of a living as a lifeguard in New Brunswick. And also one really, really bad problem with that plan is uh, that I don't think a pastor would make a very good lifeguard. Because a pastor would see someone out there drowning, you know, struggling around and say, yes, I see that hand out there. God bless you. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. And, <laughs> but here's what I've learned about lifeguards. When someone is drowning in the ocean, that they don't immediately just swim out and grab hold of the person because usually the person is flailing around, kicking and screaming and struggling and fighting. And so instead, a lifeguard swims out to that person and stays nearby, get this, until the person runs out of energy and stops fighting and finally gives up and stops trying to save themselves. And the fact is in your life, as long as you are still trying to save yourself, as long as you're saying, hey, this is my money, this is my life, this is my lifestyle, this is my choice, this is my family, I can do whatever I want, we end up drowning in frustration and fear and worry because we are trying to save ourselves. But as soon as you give it to Jesus, Hope rises up when you finally surrender to your Savior. And so the angel said, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And then here is what our Savior does for us. Number three, he gives us peace. Look at verse 14. The angel said, glory to God in the highest and on earth Peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now look closely at what the angel says here about peace. The angel says that, that, that I, there are a couple of elements here. That, that first of all, it involves God. And then it involves men, which in ancient language means all genders. Like it, it includes both men and women. Other people, in other words. Now see if this looks familiar. We think that this is the message of the Bible. The entire message of Scripture comes down to this. It's our calling. It's, it's our purpose statement as a church. What is it? It is God's love in us to the world. Three elements. God, us, and others. God, us, and others. And any time one of those relationships breaks down, we begin to lose our sense of peace. God, us, and others. 
In other words, here's another way to put it, maybe a simpler way. We need peace with God and the peace of God. Would you say that out loud with me? Everybody say together. We need peace with God and the peace of God. Let's talk about peace with God, first of all. Everybody, I want you to do this. Would you reach up and put your, put your fist up like this and then put another one down here like this, okay? Now pretend like you're driving an 18-wheeler. No, 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 I'm kidding. That's just a joke. No, so, so here you have God. God who is perfect and holy and righteous and nothing can enter his presence that is unclean. Here you have us. We who are unclean and sinful and selfish. And the problem is there is a gap that exists between us and God. There's a gap. Our sin separates us from our creator. But then the angel comes along and the angel says, I bring you good news. News of great what? News of great joy that Jesus came to give us peace with God. In John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, let's read it out loud together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. And so there is the fundamental problem of humanity. We are separated from God because of our sin. But his plan has always been that he would come to this earth to enter into our experience, to take on flesh and live the perfect life that we could not live and then die on the cross to take the punishment for our sins so that we can be forgiven. And in so doing, Jesus bridges the gap. Jesus connects us so that we can have peace in our relationship with the creator who made us. So Jesus gives us peace with God, and that leads to then the peace of God in our lives. And that's also relational. You see, the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. The Bible says that we are called to be ministers of reconciliation in this world. Here's what that means. That once you get your life right with God, that you also have a calling to make things right with other people. And so, listen, there are people that you have hurt, and maybe you didn't even mean to, Maybe, maybe you didn't even mean to hurt them. There are people that you have wronged and you need to go and say that you are sorry. You need to own that and try to make that relationship right. Maybe you're the one who is hurt. Someone did wrong to you and you've been carrying that pain and you've held on to it and you've not given it to God and God is telling you that you need to forgive that person. You see, People are shocked when they find out that Jesus says that peace with God alone is not enough. Matthew 6.15, Jesus said, But if you do not forgive men their sins, 
then your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. And I don't claim to fully understand how all this works. But but what Scripture seems to be saying is that the starting point is peace with God, which evidences itself in your life as the peace of God, which leads you to share that peace with others, to be an agent of peace, bringing it into the world around you. And so what happens is like these nesting dolls, when you receive Jesus, there are layers and layers of blessing and and freedom and new discoveries that God wants to give you if you will keep pressing on, if you will be faithful and keep pursuing your relationship with God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. A few years ago, there was a guy who was all over the news here in Canada. He was a guy from Edmonton, Alberta. And 47 years ago, he received a gift that he never opened. He kept it in the box, unopened, for the next 47 years. Now I want you to think about this. What if I were to give you a gift, or you were to give me a gift, and, and, and we exchange those, and then I take it home, and, and I, 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 I put it under my tree, and, and I don't open it on Christmas Day, and then Christmas is over, and the, uh, the tree is taken down, all the decorations are taken down, and I take that that box, that present that you gave me, and, and, and I put it in the closet, and it's still wrapped up with the pretty wrapping paper and the nice little bow, and, and, and then I, I, I put it in the closet, and I turn off the light, and I close the door, and I just go on with my life. And let's say that, that a few months later, or maybe even a few years later, you come to visit me, and, and, and you, you take off your coat, And you open up that closet door, and there, sitting on the shelf, is that present that you gave me. It still has the wrapping paper. It still has that pretty little bow on top. What would you think? What would you say to me? Would you not say, Joel, why didn't you open this when I gave it to you? It was for you to receive and to open and to enjoy that is what God is saying to us. It's what he says through the angel here in our passage today. Let's read it one more time together. Luke 2, beginning in verse 8. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Thus saith the word of the Lord. Would you stand?
And I know that in a room this size, with a crowd this size, and with those of you who are watching online with us right now, that the chances are very, 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 very strong that there's not just one, but probably many people here with us today who this message is for you because you have been searching in your life for peace. You've been struggling, trying to find those answers, and something inside of you, you know, has not been right. And the idea of actually finding peace in your relationship with God, peace in your heart, sounds like it's too good to be true. Maybe today, because you have been holding on to all of these struggles for yourself, you've been trying to save yourself. You've never relied truly upon your Savior. And maybe because of that, you have been robbed of joy in your life. Because you've been fighting for yourself rather than pressing into your relationship with God and learning from the truth of His Word. Because of that, you've been anxious. You've been fearful. You've been in bondage. And I wonder if today God wants to set you free. I wonder if this could be a day of breakthrough, not because of anything powerful that I've said, and more than just because of some words on a page, even as powerful as this book is, the Word of God, but because what this represents is the truth of what God wants to do in our lives. And His power is here because His presence is here. It's not about anything we can manufacture. It's about the power of what happens when we invite Him to come in and take control. And so I'd love for, for you to allow me to pray for you today. Maybe you would just close your eyes and just spend a moment allowing God to speak to you before we pray together. What is God saying to you? some of us, maybe that is the quietest moment you have had all week. And I wonder sometimes if that is some of the problem because we fill our lives with so much busyness, with so much noise, with so much sound, with so much time reading things on a screen, and so little time listening to the voice of God and meditating upon His Word. Would you allow him to speak to you today? 
Maybe you have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus. And you can feel him drawing you. You can feel him tugging at your heart today to receive his gift of salvation. If that's you right now in your heart, if you're ready to commit your life to him, just say something like this to him right now. Say, Heavenly Father, I know, I see now that for years I have been trying to save myself. I've been trying to find joy in myself and the things of this world. I've been trying to pursue peace the world's way. But I see today that I have been looking to find in the world what simply cannot be found anywhere apart from you. And right now, declare your faith. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe that he took the punishment for our sins so that we can be forgiven. And I receive that gift now. I invite you to come into my life and take control. I want to start learning from your word, from the Bible, in order to learn how to make my decisions and how to order my steps and prioritize my life. And so I receive your gift of salvation and forgiveness, and I commit to follow you now and for the rest of my life. And for anyone else who is here today, even for those who have followed Jesus for years, whatever burdens we carry, whatever struggle and stress, Father, today we come and we lay it at your feet, believing that all that we need is found in you.